Hello everyone. I'm Phineas Crow, and this is Postmodern Crisis. Today I'd like to talk to you all about meditation. Uh, I was speaking with a friend of mine who is also a recovering alcoholic earlier today, and uh, he's a doctor. Intends to be very busy. He's one of those type A go, go, go personalities. He plays soccer and has a wife and kids and and is constantly going to the lake and going on vacations and he's a he's a happy individual and has been sober for 10 years but he's also he also tends to just run in his mind far too much and i think a lot of us suffer from that if not all of us uh there's there's that perpetual difficulty of just needing to always be doing something. And uh, I'm a big believer in meditation. Uh, I, it helped me enormously in my sobriety. It helps me on a daily basis just cope with the endless stream of bullshit that the world throws at you. And I'm not talking about deep meditation. I think we all, even those of us who do it, probably still have an image in our head of, of the traditional Buddhist sitting in a lotus position at peace with the world and going through the om chant and uh yeah and we don't have time for that um while it's while it works great if you are a monk that lives in an ashram in tibet where the local people will uh give you give you alms to survive and you're allowed to spend 14 hours a day in quiet contemplation and meditation the rest of us have shit to do and so we don't really have time to sit around and meditate and become the calm center in the ever-wobbling world. But by the same token, meditation I have found to be immensely helpful. What I do, and I'll, I'll uh, help you with a little more practical advice, uh, I work from home, uh, and that, that gives me the advantage of not needing to get up to an alarm and be immediately up and moving and, and out the door and out of bed and go, go, go. Uh, so I have made a point of every morning, uh, right before, right when I wake up, I don't get out of bed until I do kind of a meditation. Uh, it's half meditation, it's half contemplation, it's half just talking things out into the air. Uh, you can call it prayer if you like. I'm not speaking to a deity, so it's not really prayer, but call it whatever you will. It's The whole point of it is to help align my mind and work through things before I start my day. What I do is try to hollow myself out, because that's it, is... is and. In this, I'm going to talk a lot about Buddhist and Taoist uh, philosophy as it pertains to meditation. This is this is supposed to be a practical approach, so this isn't anything you really have to believe, but I've found that the idea works for me. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about the finger pointing at the moon. Now, a lot of you are probably familiar with this, but what I'm talking about when I say a finger pointing at the moon is it's impossible for me to climb into your head and force you to learn how to meditate. I can't show you exactly what I'm doing, and so I have to tell you in the limit with the limitations of language how it is I'm accomplishing what I accomplish and what the thought process is. Now, when I say a finger pointing at the moon, I'm talking about the words I'm using. The the saying comes from uh, supposedly an old Buddhist teacher was talking to a group of students, uh, and those students said, what is the moon? And he pointed to it, and they said, ah, the moon is a finger. 
they were talking about his finger and that's it is is the the words i use some of them might be metaphysical uh, some of them might be spiritual some of them might be uh transcendental but the whole point of them is not is not that i want you to to pray and be empty and and accept the universe or any of that what i want you to do is use those ideas or reframe those ideas in your own way so that you can find a a method that works for you I used to think that I needed to do like the full lotus sitting on the special zafu, which is the pillow you sit on to meditate and, and sitting in the correct posture and breathing perfectly and holding my hands perfectly and keeping my body perfectly still. And that's all crap. I mean, yeah, it's great if you can do all that. And if that all works for you, then good on you. And actually, there's there's something to be said for that, because in putting your body in a particular position, you do program your brain to recognize in a Pavlovian way that, okay, it is now time to meditate. And if you can assign or if you if you get into a certain position in your body, and then that position is the one in which you meditate and which you reach a level of serenity or peace, then just getting in that position will help your body get get into that state of mind so it's good to have a particular position but anything will work if meditation for you is just casting a line into the river fishing especially fly fishing is its own kind of meditation archery there's there's a book called zen and the art of archery that that is very good that talks about how any activity that's relatively peaceful can become meditation as long as it's not a really complicated activity you can't you can't meditate and do algebra you can do you can do algebra and commit suicide but you cannot do algebra and meditate it requires too much of your brain but but simple activities that use a very small amount of your brain can be accomplished while you meditate and it's a different kind of meditation the entire the entire point of meditation is is ultimately to get you basically centered uh, and that's one of those words, that right there, it's like best. Saying centered means a different thing for different people. So what I do is I lay in bed and I stare at the ceiling and sometimes I talk to the ceiling and sometimes I count breaths and sometimes I usually just lay there. I usually just kind of lay there and let my brain drift. And what I do is I hollow myself out. And now that that right there, this is one of those terms, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to express something to you that, that is complicated and metaphysical and happens entirely inside of me. What I do is, is I just try to empty myself out. I try to empty myself of thoughts and feelings, and I try to detach from all of those things. It's not repressing. That's very different. Repressing a feeling or repressing an idea or repressing a thought is very different. What I do is I just step back. I just tell myself that for right now, I am empty. I am, I am hollow. I am allowing the universe to move through me. Now, once again, this sounds, this sounds a lot more ridiculous and spiritual, I guess, than it is. What I'm actually doing is, is, not, is not become an empty vessel, become an empty chalice and allowing the world to fill me. That's essentially ridiculous. That's, that's not really what I'm doing. It's just the thought process that is similar to that. So what I do is, is I lie there and, and just think of myself as being hollow. Think of, I can let go, and I, I do this, I actively think about just letting go of ideas. Whenever I have a thought that is sticking with me or a feeling that is sticking with me, 
I look at it and I try to let it go. I try not to engage with it, to see the thought, to see the idea, to see the worry, to see the fear, to see the pain, and to look at it and just say, it is, but there's nothing I can do with it or nothing I need to be doing with it right now. And so that I don't have to engage with it. You can't stop. I have never been able to. If you can, then great. You are, you're a Zen master. But I have never been able to stop my thoughts uh, or stop my feelings. Those things just happen. But they don't have to overwhelm us like they do. They don't have to run our lives. So what I'm doing when I'm meditating is I'm letting those thoughts and feelings all happen, but I'm not sticking my hand into them. In Buddhism, um, it's often called witnessing the waterfall or watching the waterfall. And you're seeing that torrent of thoughts and feelings and moods all pass by you. But they pass by you. While you're just lying there or sitting there for the moment, just for the moment, you don't need to engage with those things. You don't need to be angry. A, a person could have wronged you. You can think about my, my girlfriend. Uh, came in and, and woke me up. I like to nap um, because I'm a lazy bastard. Um, and I can afford to be because I have a simple job and I live simply, but that's not the point. Anyway, uh, I, uh, so I was taking a nap and my girlfriend comes in and disturbs me because I'm taking care of her rats and, and she comes in and wakes me up to, to get the rats, um, which is rude and selfish and pointless. And she didn't need to do that. But the point of that being that I could have been angry at her about that. And I was briefly, I, I was angry and a little bit sullen and a little bit pouty about it um, because I didn't like that. It was, it was rude and it was thoughtless and it was selfish. But here's the thing is I used to get absolutely livid about things like that. I used to get very, very upset whenever I thought somebody was wronging me and somebody wasn't being kind enough to me or being respectful or just offering basic common courtesy. I, I would get, I would get irate. And in this case, I didn't, I don't have to be that now because I could just lay there and go, well, yes, I don't like what she did, but I don't have to get enraged about it. And I don't have to keep processing all the, uh, here's what I need to do about it. This is the thing is, is in meditation, I find the inactivity, just, just admitting for right now, I'm not doing anything. I'm not thinking anything about this, which means I'm not putting my hands to the stick. I'm not putting my hands on the wheel and saying she, what she did is wrong. I'm not passing judgment on anything. What I'm doing for that period of time is I tend to tell myself that all is well. And, and by that, I mean just for a moment, just for the brief period of time, all is where it should be. All is as it should be. For all I know, what, what she did or whatever has happened in my past or whatever is happening right now is something that absolutely has to happen. And so that is good because, because it just is. It can't be good or bad. An event doesn't inherently have morality. Morality is in our own mind. And so in laying there, I tell myself that all is well. And, and I let everything go because if all of it's well, I don't need to think anything about it. I don't need to feel anything about it. And I damn sure don't need to do anything about it. So in, in convincing myself that all is well, that, that helps me let go. And that helps me hollow myself out again and just be, just be a conduit and recognize that the vast majority of our lives, if not the entirety of our lives, is far beyond our control. I don't really control what I think. I don't really control how I feel. 
I, I try to, and, and I might have some agency, but for all I know, I'm, I'm being jerked around by the nose. For years, I was jerked around by denial and addiction, and I thought those were me. I thought my disease was me. I thought my suffering was me. I thought my anger was me, and they're not. Uh, when you recognize that you have thoughts, you have feelings, you are not thoughts. You are not feelings. So in having those things, you can just let them go. You can just put them down. If it helps you to visualize just just literally seeing the anger. And do it, do it with one thought or one feeling at a time. Just see the anger and visualize the anger as a red ball. Visualize it as just a rock. And then, and then visualize yourself just putting it down. You can always pick it back up. Anger is there, your thoughts are there, your feelings are all there. You can just step back and witness them for a little while. Um, that's, that's how I meditate. Now, I tend to meditate for longer periods of time than uh, most people, but here's the thing. This is the other thing that people make the mistake of, is I don't have time to schedule a bunch of goddamn meditation. I understand. Very few people do. It's tough because you, you've got kids screaming, you've got a job, you've got worries and stuff, but here's the thing. Comedian Chris Hardwick was talking about this once, uh, and he has had uh, well-documented drinking issues in the past, and I'm not going to delve into, into his life, but he was talking about how nothing, anything in the world can wait for 60 seconds. And that's it, is, is to begin with, if you, if you don't have time to lie in bed or to just sit in a quiet room, uh, start with, while you're in the shower, stop, stop scrubbing, stop washing, stop doing anything. And just give yourself a slow count of 60. Just count for 60 seconds or about. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Just a slow, easy count of 60. And if you want, uh, it, you want, do it any way you want. But, but um, you, can, you can even just count to 60 and in between each second say that all is well. And try to convince, and try to, not convince yourself, that's it. Things are. If you just let them be what they are for the moment, you can pick up later and say, okay, now I have to do all these things about all these things. But in giving yourself 60 seconds, you give yourself 60 seconds of freedom in which you don't have to pick up the anger. You don't have to pick up your worries. You don't have to pick up your thoughts just for 60 seconds while standing in the shower. You can, you can expand your shower by, by one minute and and start to learn, and by practicing that as often as you can, just giving yourself that one minute. Now, if you can do more, great. If you can schedule just five minutes, that's five minutes more of peace than you have now. Ten minutes, fifteen, great. Any of that, but any amount of time you can spare in which you are just letting go and releasing all these feelings and angst because it's so easy to get caught up. It's so easy for us to live in this in this perpetually agitated state. And that, that, like the name of the podcast, that's part of our postmodern crisis, is that living in, the, in that suffering, that sense of I need to always be doing, I need to be going, I need to be affecting and changing. And the truth is we're mostly just getting the shit kicked out of us by the universe. We're getting batted around like, like shuttlecocks, which are what you call the, the little things that uh, you play badminton with or badminton, it actually has an N in it for whatever reason, probably because it's an English word, but the point is that if you can recognize that, you know what, 
I'm pretty powerless to change most of the things in my life. I can't make my kids better. I can't make my job better. I can't my, make my boss less of a douchebag. I can't I can't make my girlfriend not wake me up from my naps. I I can't I can't make the tax man leave me alone. I can't I can't. And and just go, but meh. Those are all things I can't do and wishing they were otherwise is pointless and painful. And wanting things um, is often pointless and painful, but we'll talk about the, the kind of trappings of desire at a later time. Right now, I'm just trying to help you find a little, a little bit of peace because you will find that if you can just do that tiny little bit, if you can just, just give yourself that slow count of 60 in which nothing is your problem, you don't have to deal with your thoughts, you don't have to deal with the tax man and your wife, and your kids, and your dog barking, and your neighbor that wants to tear down your goddamn fence, and the asshole who hits your Lexus, your brand new Lexus. <laughs> if you have a brand new Lexus, you have champagne problems, my friend. Even I don't have a Lexus. Even I. I don't have anything close to a Lexus. I have a Honda. But the point is that, that all is well for 60 seconds. You can always pick those problems back up. And so, so give yourself that time in the shower. Now, I'm also going to make a few other recommendations but besides the slow count of 60. Um, there's another thing you can do that's called a 478 breath. And, and what that is, is you, let me, here, I'm going to read you the, uh, the instructions. Uh, and this comes from medicaldaily.com. Uh, I'm going to read you what they say about it, and I'll, I'll tell you what my experience with, is, with it is a little bit. Um, and of course they have to have bullshit that plays. Um, first you exhale completely through your mouth. <sighs> then you close your mouth and inhale quietly through your nose for a count of four. That's where the four and the four, seven, eight come from. Then you hold your breath for a count of seven. So you're inhaling through your nose. One, two, three, four, and then holding that for seven. One, two, uh, you know, on a count of seven. Then you exhale completely through your mouth, making a whoosh sound to the count of eight. <sighs> now, I, I, I usually can't, I can't inhale for four and then exhale for eight. So the, the numbers, what they point out is that, that you should, you should hold the, the important part is the holding of the breath. It, it about seven seconds allows the oxygen to fill your lungs and then circulate throughout your body that produces a relaxing effect. So what's really important is not quite so much the four as the seven in the center where you're, where you're holding your breath for right about eight seconds. Um, a slow count of seven is usually somewhere in the vicinity of eight seconds. But, uh, and, then, and then you just exhale, but make sure you're really forcing all the air out and just cleaning it all out because, because then you're going to end up with then you're expelling all the toxins and all the carbon dioxide that is that is built up as your body has used up the the oxygen that was in your lungs and then you do it again and usually they recommend doing that about four times now my experience with the 478 what's important about it is you're actually by doing the counting you're actually distracting your mind you're focusing on the breath now in meditation a lot of times they'll say focus on your breath as if as if you can just sit there and watch yourself breathe now you can and, and that's great if you can do it, but a lot of times trying to just focus our whole mind onto our breathing is going to bore the hell out of us. And, and we're just going to start worrying more. 
So don't necessarily do that. Here, you've got kind of a tool for distracting you. Try to start by telling yourself all is well. Everything's fine for the next few minutes. While, while I do my four, seven breaths, the rest of the world can, can just go away. And, and then you close, close your mouth, inhale for four, hold it for seven, exhale it for eight, and then do that a few times. And it should help relax your body and help allow you to calm down. That's, that's a good tool. For, for breathing. Now, while you're doing that, there's there's a couple of other tools as well. Uh, and these these are where you get more into, and here I'm borrowing from mostly, mostly Buddhist, but also um, uh, there's Hindi philosophy and uh, a lot of a lot of Eastern, a lot of Eastern religions and philosophies that that um, use use mantras and a mantra is very similar to just counting and actually a mantra can be just counting if you want to do that but a mantra is just a a simple sound or set of words that you repeat some people use prayers you know you can just use the serenity prayer grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference that can get a little complicated but you you, it's something you repeat over and over and over again. And you don't repeat it fast, you repeat it slowly, and you try to focus on the words. And again, this is distracting your mind so that you're not looking at your worries and your feelings and you're, you're just telling yourself all is well. And then you're saying this mantra, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And once again, I'm not advocating, I'm not advocating God. To take God's name out of it. Yeah, yeah. As, as an atheist, I don't support God. This, the point of this is to do something that is helpful for you. Not, not to pray. You're not supposed to, you're not trying to align yourself with the Almighty. You're trying to just get yourself calm, get yourself centered, and get yourself ready to face the day and get in, get yourself into a mindset that is easier for you. So a mantra, just a repetition of sounds, and they can be nonsense sounds. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Brick, uh, they, they, they talk about, they talk about just sitting there and humming. You can just hum a single note, just mm, similar to, and really ohm, um, what you, what you think, oh, that's, that's a mantra. And, and so it can be, it can be just a sound, a very simple sound that you just say over and over and over again, taking a breath in between. Uh, and that's to distract your mind and focus you the same way that the counting of the breath helps. And you can combine any of these, of course. Uh, there's another thing you can do, and and this requires kind of a prop, but it's very similar to to a rosary, which, once again, not saying you need to go get a rosary, but they use malas in Buddhism, which are prayer beads. And all you do with those is you count them. You count them as you as you repeat your mantra. And every time you say the mantra, you count another bead. And the these are props and ideas that that help keep your mind looking elsewhere because this way if you're counting prayer beads and you're counting breaths and you're saying om and you're saying all is well and whatever then then your brain can't really it's focusing on right now it's focusing on what you're doing right now rather than focusing on what you're worried about what's going to happen later in a future you don't control what happened in the past in a past that's already set in stone there's nothing you can do to change it and so so in distracting yourself you bring yourself to the moment and that's really what meditation is all about is bringing yourself into the moment and getting yourself centered and getting yourself ready to face life and and giving yourself the opportunity to just cope with the world um, and allowing everything to be okay for a minute, for five minutes. And then 
then you can hear the universe. Then you can feel if you can get yourself kind of hollowed out. And when I, when I keep repeating hollowed out because that's what works for me is, is I have found that I and, I and I imagine all of us have a kind of intrinsic nature that is just that is just at rest and at peace. And if we can find that, if we can find that nature that's, that's deeper and more profound and more fundamental than all, the, than all the nonsense that runs through our head, if we can find that, then, then in, and we have to do that by emptying ourselves of all these thoughts and things that are constructs. All of our thoughts and all of our feelings are stories we tell ourselves. All of them are fiction. Our, our feelings don't exist anywhere except inside of us. They're just a storm inside of our brain. All of our thoughts don't exist anywhere except inside of us. All of our judgments and all of our, our ideas, none of that's real. Um, frankly, what we think isn't real at all. It, just because, and by that I mean it doesn't affect the outside world. It's our insides and, and how we interpret the world. It doesn't change the world. We can we can call green red as much as we as much as we want, and to us it can become that way. But it doesn't alter the thing outside. But it alters it for us. And when we change us, we change our entire universe because that's how we interact with the universe. To any of us that are human beings, there's no such thing as objective. And this is this is getting a little dense and a little heavy. And we'll we'll talk about some of this later. But but really, what we're trying to do is get into a practical place with meditation. Uh, and that is just recognizing that all is well. Because right now, we don't need to change anything. And even if we try, we're not really going to. Things are going to change of their own accord. Things are not going to change of their own accord. And, and there's little we can do. We can slap a coat of paint on the fence. Sure. We can work or not work. We can have sex or not. We can eat or not. But it's, it's not going to change much of anything except for us. And so if we can just get ourselves to a place where we're sitting and resting, if, and it's what works for me, is just getting myself to a place where everything is fine for a little while. That, that kind of resets me. And it gets rid of all those stories so that, so that I feel much more at peace. And I don't, I don't need to be running around chasing my own mental and emotional tail like most of us do in our heads, or I think most of us do in our heads. I only know what happens in my head and I only know what other people tell me. And other people could be lying, and they usually are, whether they know it or not. So yeah, so those, those are my primary thoughts on meditation. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they help you. Uh, as always, if you have any questions about if you want to talk meditation, you want to talk recovery, you want to talk suffering, you want to talk uh, abuse, pain, relationships, you want to talk about whatever, any any issues that are vexing you, any issues that are giving you trouble, uh, I'm more than happy to talk with you about them or talk about the, the ideas themselves or talk about them on the podcast. Uh, you can email me at Phineas Crow. That's Phineas with two N's, P-H-I-N-N-E-A-S-C-R-O-W, at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach me at Phineas Crow on Twitter. Those are probably the two easiest areas, but actually, uh, I also have a Facebook page, and it's very similar to my Twitter page. So yes, Phineas Crow, and uh, I'll have to look that up. Uh, give me just a moment. I'll pause the podcast. Okay, yes, it's very simple. If you want to contact me on Facebook, that's just if you go to facebook.com, then facebook.com slash Phineas Crow, 
P-H-I-N-N-E-A-S-C-R-O-W. Yes, again, you'll have the picture of the crow on there. Uh, and right now my banner is for the for my book, which I suppose you can, I'm not trying to pimp my book at all, but but you're going to see it if I don't change that picture soon, and I will be. But you'll be seeing the the cover of the Necromancer's Guide to Modern Life, which is which is the book I wrote, which is ridiculous, and so I don't necessarily recommend you go read it. But yes, it's it's silliness, and is literally exactly what it sounds like. It's a guide for necromancers. Uh, it's a joke. I hope everybody understands that. So that is it. This has been Postmodern Crisis, and I hope you yeah I hope you find some peace out there.